As you can see in previous Tanya lessons, Tanya doesn't shy away from hard questions. And boy, does it face today one of the toughest questions of all. We spoke about fearing Hashem like standing in front of a king. But here's the fact. When I stand in front of a king, not only am I seen by the king, I see the king. But by Hashem, yes, he sees me, but I don't see him. So, obviously, the Tanya is not going to tell us that if we open our physical eyes, we'll see godliness. Right? Well, let's see what he says. In addition to this, one should remember that, as in the case of a mortal king, the fear of the king relates mainly to his inner essence and vitality, not to his body. For when he is asleep, though his body does not change, there is no fear of him. This is because while he sleeps, his inner essence and vitality are in a state of concealment. Yes, you're not going to beat the king up, but you're not going to beat anyone up. But ultimately, think about it. If you walked into the room where the king is sitting on his throne, compared to when the king is schluffing, it's very different. And surely, the inner essence and vitality of the king, a physical king, are not perceived by physical eyes, but only in the mind's eye. Through the physical eyes beholding his body and garments, and knowing that the vitality is within. In other words, you see the person you respect, that king. You see the physicality, and your mind's eye says, yeah, but they're not just physical being. They're so much bigger than that. In other words, if a peasant saw the king, for example, I had no idea this is the king, they would just see a body. You know that the person is distinguished. So when you see the body, you're able to imagine that there's something more. If this is so, then surely in an analog as well, not only is the king seeing him, but he is seeing the king as well. Moreover, he must truly likewise fear Hashem when gazing with his physical eyes at the heaven and earth and all their hosts. In other words, everything in the heavens, wherein is closed, within all that is closed, the light of the blessed Ein Sof, God's infinite light. So when you look at earth and heaven, you not only become aware of godly vitality, but also you see how the world and all its inhabitants are truly nothing in front of God. This can be perceived by observing the stars and planets, all of which travel in a westerly direction. In doing so, they express their nullification, their bitul, to God, because God is in the west. That's why the holy ark in the temple, the Kodesh HaKodeshim, the Holy of Holies, was in the west. And it is also seen with the glance of the eye that they are nullified to this light as they bow down each and every day to Hashem. We find it written that if the sun, moon, and planets were to follow their natural characteristics, they would travel in an easterly rather than westerly direction. That they do not so testifies to their constant self-nullification and divine presence, which is found in the west. For the four points of the compass are rooted in the supernal sefirot. And the level of malchut, which is the level of the shekhinah, is in the west. So literally we see that they're nullifying themselves before godliness. Now even he who has never seen a king and does not recognize him at all, nevertheless when he enters the royal court... It's just a place of the throne and the like. And he sees many eminent nobles bowing down before one man. 
The person who enters and looks superficially is unable to detect the difference between him and the other men present. But they see that, wow, everyone's respecting this person with the tie. There falls upon this visitor a dread and awe. In other words, just by knowing that everybody else is batel, is self-nullifying in front of the king, that visitor will do the same. So too, when I see that the entire universe is bowing before Hashem and following His rules, I'll respect that. Now, you might say, when one gazes at the body of a physical king, they see at least a sh beyond the shadow of a doubt the king himself. So they could extrapolate intellectually about the vitality of the king. But this is not with physical creatures. The divine life force is so concealed within them through so many garbs of concealment that it's quite impossible to see the divine life force. So that's why the Tanya now goes on and says that's important for a person who observes physical created beings to cultivate a habit of immediately reminding. I'm standing right now recording this next to some beautiful tree to remember about the godliness that's animating them. By doing so, then one is able to perceive the divine life force found within this world. And then there's no difference in the awe that we could feel even though we don't see God. He says, remember, although the garments are involved in covering over and seeing the godliness in this world, there is no difference in distinction at all in the fear of a mortal king whether he is undressed or clothed in many garments. In other words, it's not the garments that make the king. It's, it is the king who makes the king. The essential thing is the training to habituate one's mind and thought continuously so that it always remains imprinted in the hearts of mind. So no matter how many layers the king is covered in, the king is still in there. So to train yourself that everything in the heaven is full of God. And that's how you'll ex remember that Hashem is vitalizing everything. So, you might say, but this is too intellectualizing. This is not faith. Why are we intellectualizing faith? Why can't we just keep simple faith? So the Alter Rebbe comes and explains that the word emunah, faith, comes from the word uman, artisan. In order for an artisan with a talent for painting to be successful, he has to train his hands. It's not just enough to have talent. Only then will you reveal the talent. Same is true here. The soul of the Jew possesses faith. However, in order to actualize the faith, we have to train ourselves to activate it by seeing godliness within our reality. This is also implicit in the word emunah, as we said, which is training, constantly doing it and being absolutely aware. There should also be a constant remembrance of the words of the sages to accept the yoke of the kingdom of heaven which parallels appointing a king over you in this physical world. In other words, even though after all this meditation no fear or dread might descend on us in a manifest manner in his heart, still we should accept upon a God the yoke of the heavenly kingdom. So he, what, what's the Alter Rebbe saying right now? He says, listen, if after all this meditation, it still doesn't work, remember, first and foremost, do it because it's right. Don't do it because you understand. Then try to do it because you understand as well. Remember that Hashem 
dedicates his holiness to this world. He almost neglects all the spiritual worlds because they are not the ultimate intent of creation and uniquely bestows his kingdom upon us. And this is the significance of what we say in the Amidah. Um, when we acknowledge God Baruch HaTashem, we talk to God directly. And what do we do? We bow. Why do we bow? Because this is how we accept an actual deed our nullification before God. So let's summarize a lot of ideas we spoke about today. Can you see God in your mind's eye? Yes. Is it an opposition to faith? No. You have to habituate yourself in faith. This idea of simplistic faith is not necessarily Tanya's definition of faith. Yes, if people don't have a brain, then they should just keep the faith in their heart. But if you have a brain, you have to habituate your brain in faith as well, and that's by looking at nature. Yes, God is concealed, but so are kings concealed under many, many layers. And ultimately, remember that what you see in the king is his physical body. You respect something much deeper. To give another analogy, unfortunately, when you go to a funeral, you realize that the person was never the body. The person you're burying, your dear parent or friend, relative, heaven forbid, they didn't die. The body died, but you can't sit there imagining that that physical body is all there is. Or if heaven forbid we see people, you know, with illness, losing their memories, etc. So that's it, they're gone, they're no longer human? No. There's something much deeper about them. So too, in this world, let's not get carried away by superficiality. Remember that this world is deep. And the fact that we're superficial is because we're not looking deep enough. So as I stand under right now, physically I'm actually standing under an, a canopy of beautiful trees. Let me remember that what's vitalizing it? God. 